you're the same person when you go home. You may try to be a different person, but trust me, whatever holds you back in your personal life is gonna show up at work. Welcome to the Food Startups Podcast. You just need the packaging to shout off the shelf. It's a different world when you actually think about adding value. But to be able to play now is definitely going to require some new thinking out there. Hang out with us and learn how to grow your food business. Hello, and welcome to episode number 127 of the Food Startups Podcast. Today, we have a fantastic person, an entrepreneur, who has a company, Smarty Pants Vitamins, that is nationwide, crushing it, growing really fast. And it's also one of the healthiest companies I've had on the show. And her transformation as a person and leader, we're going to go into, she is very self-aware. And we talk about knowing yourself and self-awareness and how you can channel your key character traits. By channeling them, you can be an effective leader, a more effective leader, and better leader of your company. She also, in Los Angeles, Now, six to seven years ago, she meets up with an old friend who then becomes business partner and later her husband. So managing all of that at the same time. Can you imagine? It's it's quite uh, remarkable. Uh, Yeah, there's so much from this interview. I had such a fun time speaking with her, and I hope you get as much from this show, not just entertainment value, but actionable tips for your company and your own self-development. She is the founder and co-CEO of Smarty Pants Vitamins, the leading maker of premium gummy vitamins with a commitment to bring more health to more people every day. Since launching in 2010, Smarty Pants has led the industry in making ingredient choices focused on quality and transparency and wrapping them in a delicious gummy. They are top ranked on Amazon and sold everywhere from Whole Foods and Target to Costco and beyond. They also have an advisory team with a nutritionist, doctors, and a scientist. Previously, she was the founding COO, chief operating officer of Fly Clear, and a senior executive at tech and media companies. She became obsessed with making a real thing in the real world to help real people, and she is honored to have the chance to do just that. In 2015, just about $12 million of revenue in one of the fastest growing companies in the country. Courtney Nichols-Gold, how's it going? Well, hello. It is going very well. Thank you. Great. And uh, yeah, so your uh, your team did a great job sending over that intro. And another thing I liked was on your on the about page for Courtney Nichols on the Smarty Pants Vitamins website, uh, you had a very specific answer for your dream vacation. And it was any trip that combines intense physical endeavors in a beautiful natural setting paired with absurdly good food and luxurious bed <laughs> that allows dogs to join their families. So, so I'm curious, what's, what was the last uh, dream vacation you have? Or if you could also say, what's the next dream vacation that you have planned? Well, I will tell you, I just got back from Kauai on the North Shore, which is definitely a family favorite. Although sadly, we did not bring our pets, but now we know we could have. We could have brought our dogs if we'd just been a little more organized uh, so that was a pretty good that was a pretty good dream vacation, I have to say, because hiking in Waimea Canyon when it's rainy and muddy and a little little treacherous but insanely beautiful, followed by some delicious food with good friends and kids and looking at the stars on the beach for New Year's Eve. It's kind of hard to beat, you know. That sounds awesome, yeah. And flying with dogs to Hawaii, how big are your dogs? So we've got two. We've got a border collie mix rescue, and he's still a puppy. So I don't know. He's like forty pounds or something. And then we've got um, a larger Belgian Malinois rescue, and she's like fifty-five pounds. Oh, you're kidding! I have a border collie. He's four years old. Do you? Yeah. Oh my god! Holy cow! I wish someone had told me. I mean, I love the little sucker to death, but good lord, that is some work. I mean, oh, yeah. I, those dogs are insane. The amount of energy—it's like three hours a day. I have to get in for him. So after this interview, I'm going to take uh, Paco's my dog's name. I'm going to take him to the dog park, and I always get questions like, "Oh, how many months is this puppy?" I was like, "No, he's four years old. He still has uh, a—he's <laughs> exactly. yeah, still full of energy." 
Oh God, don't tell my husband that. He'll make me give it back. It's just like, I've been trying to tell him like, oh, it'll just in a few more months. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, we won't. Wow. Well, hopefully your husband, <laughs> well, I, I hope he listens to the episode, but at the same time. Uh, <laughs> Maybe, we will just edit yeah, that out. Yeah, we'll, we'll edit that out. But uh, <laughs> but Courtney, tell us, I want to go a little pre-Smarty Pants Vitamins. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about you. What type of person were you? What was your career goal before you started Smarty Pants? What was my career goal before Smarty Pants? I mean, uh, well, I've always really, I have really cared about the people I worked with. So I always wanted to work with super smart people who had integrity. That mattered to me. I have always liked really complex problems. One, because they just scare away a lot of people. Uh, and two, they remain interesting over time. So the more complex it is, the more problem solving aspect is involved, the more it tends to hold my interest over time. And who I was, I mean, I, I think I was the same person, but there was probably, there was a layer of, um, inexperience and, and fear just about not crushing it. You know, I am a type A overachiever. I was a competitive athlete growing up and, you know, I've got a bit of that in me. So I think one of the changes would be uh, over the last 10 years, I've acquired a lot more ease in my skin. And I think, uh, an understanding that it's okay to have flaws. We all have flaws. And what's really important is to be aware of them and know yourself so that you can create an environment that one allows you to address them and work on them, but also so that they don't impact the company that you're trying to build. Because if you're a startup, you are your company. And so trust me, any flaw you have that you're hiding from yourself will appear, (laughs) you know, writ large in the company that you're building. And startups are like kids they are mirrors for, for your flaws and for the things that are really great about you. And so I think that was kind of who I was as a person is probably very, the same, very driven. I am very intense. I'm very passionate. I have a lot of fun. I don't suffer fools very well. And I don't like shortcuts to save money, but compromise integrity that bothers me. But I do think what I've addressed, uh, that is probably different before smarty pants is really the place that I'm leading from and um, how cognizant I am of the impact that my own specific character traits have on the company uh, that I'm building. Wow. So a lot of things there. I got to, okay, have a three or four comments. No, no, this is great. That was a great answer. And uh, kudos on helping myself and the audience get to know you quickly. So Kelly James and Mercaris, which is, uh, and Morgan uh, also put me in touch with her, which is a really cool food startup. She is also... um, an equestrian and she, Oh really? she had a, a tough fall, but I think she was on pace to become a, um, I don't know too much about the, the equestrian world, but to, I think to compete in the Olympics and she was like an Olympic trials. Oh, wow. So you're the second, uh, equestrian, um, superstar I've had on the, on the podcast. Oh, that's so cool. Well, she's way more superstar than I was, but I loved it. That's awesome. And, um, okay. And a lot of the podcasts, we focus a lot on mindset and personal growth. So, Mm. A couple of things. So it seems like the, well, it all starts at the top, as you mentioned, right? The, it's the company is a reflection of the people that run it. Mm-hmm. But also I think a lot of the twenties and, and thirties is almost getting to know yourself and how well you, you know yourself and kind of accepting that. And one of the most liberating things I heard in the last couple of months was Tim Ferriss in his tools of Titans book with Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jamie Foxx, right? you know, all these awesome. yeah. talk about high level people. Yep. And he says, listen, we all suck at most things. And it's true. If you think about it, right. Can, can like, I can't sail right, a boat course, from, yeah. you know, the Caribbean to Miami. Um, <laughs> right, right. And so when, when you start to accept that the things that you're not good at, it, it, it helps increase your self-confidence and can help kind of lower your, I should say, increase your, your, your fulfillment. Um, well, and also your humility. I think what it yeah. does is it just turns you into a nicer person to be around and it turns you more into a student of life instead of an expert. And I think that knowing that percentage is so uh, smart. In other words, knowing you're really good at like two things. And guess what? There are a billion, billion, you know what I mean? There are trillions of things out there that you're not good at. And and reminding yourself of that will keep, it's great to be self-confident, but it's also good to be humble. And most importantly, you know, that idea of beginner's mind. If you, if you know, you know something, you're not ever going to learn more. And so keeping that beginner's mind, that flexibility of mind Knowing yourself, I always say, is the number one most important tool in building a company. The second is flexibility because you are getting constant inputs of information from the people, from the data, from the world on how you're doing and what the world needs from you. 
And the flexibility of mind to take in that information, process it, and act accordingly if you come from a beginner's mind, you're going to get all that input. If you've decided that you're the smartest person in the room, you're going to miss about 80% of it and you're not going to be as successful. You're not. Right. As soon as you start calling yourself the gummy vitamin queen, uh, then right. it all goes downhill. And so it's interesting. So I've found that with my own business and I'm sure this is true for you as your company's growing. I know you've gotten a lot of investment and have a great advisory team. So it's essentially to grow uh, I'm sure, Courtney, you could probably keep your business as is right now, have a profitable company and, and do really well. Yet to grow, you have to enter that that resistance to, to become a beginner again and, and not know how to do certain things. And that's the only way you, you go to the next level. Well, and that's also the right. The whole concept of flow is that I don't know if you just saw there's a really interesting article that was, I think, in The New York Times in the last week about super Asians, which is people who are literally who have the mind of a 25 year old in wow. terms of capacity for pro for processing memory, um, you know, all the indicators. And that comes very clearly from people who do two things physically and mentally are typically operating at about 4% outside the realm of their, of their ability. So, you know, you've heard about achieving flow states and flow always happens when people are operating at the very edge of their ability and something, whether that's a mental task or a physical task. And so that to me is the, is the magic. It's not about being the smartest person in the room. It's always pushing yourself to be slightly uncomfortable because uncomfortable is where the magic is. And if you're willing to live in that place, you're going to crush the competition because they're not going to be willing to live there. And that kind of goes with what I was saying earlier about, about really appreciating highly complex environments. I remember I sent an email out. I, I would send this email out every 90 days to all my investors and give them an update on the business. And one of our early investors is a good friend. And he sent me this email and he sold a couple of businesses. You know, he's been quite successful. And he sent me an email after, I don't know, the third or fourth update and was like, my God, the complexity level in your business is insane because the updates just get longer and longer, you know, as I'm kind of filling them in on what's happening. And I just said, you know, to you, that's a bad thing. And to me, that's such a good thing because every time there's a, there's a tweak of complexity, that's an error potential for somebody else that I'm not going to make because I'm just on it and I don't assume I know how to do it. So I'm going to just laser focus and assume that I can always be better. I can always be getting more information. I can always be getting more feedback, more input. So I do think that what Tim Ferriss, what all those guys talk about is so important. That beginner's mind and remembering that you are, uh, you are a beginner in almost everything is such a great, and it's fun to live that way. Totally. And uh, so I got to uh, interject with a Ralph Waldo Emerson quote. Nice. People wish to be settled. Only as far as they are unsettled is there any hope for them. <laughs> right, exactly. That's right. I mean, everyone knows what it's like to go to a dinner party with people who are excited and curious versus a dinner party with a bunch of people who know everything. Totally, totally. And it, it just, uh, it, a lot of times the smartest people in the room are the curious ones asking you about, about yourself. And uh, okay, so I had uh, Susan McTavish Best on the podcast and the episode's called The Timeless Art of Social Dynamics. I'm not sure if you know Susan. Uh, I don't think I do. Okay. She's, and I can put you in touch with her. She's really, awesome. really special. And she's marketed as this like San Francisco, Manhattan party lady putting on events and throwing house parties and cooking. But what she really does at the, the core of what she does is, and she has roundtables with Tim Ferriss, Michael Pollan, Chris Saka, all these types of people. And she puts together this kind of controversial topic and has a, um, a salon where they discuss a topic and she invites these people. But uh, companies, investors, founders pay her to put on these three or four salons over a six-month period with the idea that she'll help them make the right connections, maybe find an investment, a founder, whatever it is. Um, so it's this very complex, like uh, utilizing parties and salons as a vehicle to make connections in business. Right. And so I asked her, I was like, so you've been around Tim Ferriss, Chris Saka, blah, 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 the list goes on and on. And I said, what was the, the common thread between all of them? And she said, curiosity. And she didn't even hesitate. Right. And as you know, yeah. as you can see, I don't really prep uh, my guests for the interviews. I like to have like a, a flow, uh, quote unquote. And uh, yeah, so the curiosity is is definitely a trait that uh, that should be practiced. Um, yeah. Courtney, well, this is really cool. So the complex problems and and vitamins and supplements and food. It, it's a it's a complex business. So I, I guess I want to start off with the development process. So 2009, right? We're going around 2009. You have this concept. I mean, 
you know, tell me about the the process of getting the idea and then um, the steps you made to at least uh, get off the ground. So we first had the idea, it came out of a conversation that um, we had with our two other co-founders who aren't involved in the business anymore. However, uh, one of them has a big preventative healthcare practice in Los Angeles, and he has a bunch of uh, patients, uh, both adults and kids. And we were having this conversation about how challenging it can be to find good solutions for your kids. And one of them was around supplements specifically, like Dr. Francis was saying, you know, he's had so many adults say, really the nutrients that I need to supplement with my kids are in a pill form, but my kids won't swallow pills, but the alternatives are all junk. And so we just started having a conversation around what was the possibility to create a solution that would parents would be feel good about from a quality standpoint and an effectiveness standpoint, uh, wouldn't have any of the junk in it, and would also uh, be palatable to kids so they'd actually take it every day and get the benefit. And I will say, you know, our, our founding and, and where we went to from there is a, I think is a good example of why you want to be flexible in your thinking. Because when we started the company, we had this idea all around kids' brain health. So supplements was just one piece of it. And we were really interested in creating tools for optimizing brain health for kids as they develop. And what happened is we launched the kids product uh, at the very end of 2010. So 2011 was our first full year in business. And so we launched the kids product on Amazon only and on our website. And we didn't have a whole SKU set at the time, but within about 60 days, we had so many parents writing us saying, oh my gosh, you know, I've got this product, giving it to my kids, they love it, and I'm taking it too, would you make one for me? And that really was the first time that we stepped back and looked at the vitamin industry as a whole and realized, you know, this system is pretty broken. There are great solutions for people who are willing to follow kind of these single nutrient regimens. But if they want if they want really good quality solutions, it gets quite expensive, and they're having to buy five different bottles. And that's great for the 1% that will follow that regimen and have the money to spend like that, but that's not the majority of people. And so that's kind of when we step back and thought, oh, I wonder if we could change the vitamin industry and bring transparency and a brand name. So, you know, you ask people what vitamins they take, and they say, I take vitamin D. They don't ever say a brand name. And that's because no one had built a brand in that category in the way that I think we believed we could, a brand that really stood for quality, but also trust and charm, you know, that we had a real point of view. So that was kind of the evolution. We started out with this idea around kids' brain development, but very quickly we realized actually the bigger problem that needed solving was the vitamin industry as a whole. We needed to come up with a solution for people who wanted quality, but wanted a, uh, wanted a solution that was sustainable, both for what they're spending, but also because it tasted good, it was fun to take, and therefore they would get the benefit because they're taking it consistently. And that was kind of the evolution of how we of how we started. And Courtney, I want to clarify something, and tell me if this sounds right, but it seems like it started out almost as an Amazon side business, let's see where this goes, and then all of a sudden you get this feedback from the parents, like, I want one too, and that's is that when it's like, okay, we have something, now we can transform the vitamin industry? Yeah. So it started out as a single product and, and we didn't really have a big vision. It was, this was a product we think the world needs. Let's make it. It could be interesting. We could sell it on Amazon. Let's find out. It's something we wanted for our own kids. It's something our friends wanted for their kids. And we knew that the medical community thought it was a really good solution to a problem, but no smarty pants as it exists now really came into being, I think in 2012, when we launched an adult product and then we we're like, okay, we're going to take on the vitamin industry. We're going to try to change things up and really come up with a solution for every single demographic using the same core formula, comprehensive solution, all in one without any junk in a format that tastes good, really high quality. And at a price that was affordable without sacrificing ingredient choices. So we use folate instead of folic acid, or we use a form of B12 that most companies don't use because it's more expensive, but it's also bioavailable. So that's kind of the core. And that is uh, accurate. In 2012, I feel like it's when we really turned into the company we are now. Okay, two questions. One, uh, folate versus folic acid. Why is folate uh, preferred over folic acid? Well, so there are different B vitamins are obviously very important for a lot of different reasons. There's a whole range of B vitamins and there's kind of two kinds of B vitamins. One is called the, is the methylated form. And the methylated form just means that 
folate, really folic acid is a form of folate, but methylfolate is the, is the kind that you find in nature. And it's, it's the more, what's considered a more bioavailable form. And I'll give you an example. And it's very, very important. The reason that expectant mothers take a double dose of folic acid or, or folate in their multivitamin is that- Which is vitamin B12? Uh, no, 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 no. Or at least the vitamin B12? No, no, no. This is the, that B12 is the methylcobalamin. This is what's typically known as folic acid, right? Gotcha. Okay. So folate is like the parent, folic acid is the child, and there's also okay. methylfolate, which is another child. It's the more bioavailable form. And the, the point is that it's very important for um, fetal development. So you see expectant mothers always take a double dose, and you'll see young women are often recommended to take more folate or folic acid. There's also something called the MTHR, which is a gene that they think somewhere between 40 to 60% of the population have. Most people don't get tested for it, although more and more people are. If you have that gene, you can't absorb folic acid at all. You can only absorb methylfolate. So for instance, when we, we became the first company to use exclusively folate in all of our products. So we now no longer use folic acid in any of our products. And when we did that, we had a ton of people writing us saying, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I have the gene or my daughter has the gene, my son has the gene. And so people who have gotten tested know about this because it means they can't take something that has folic acid and they actually need folate, but it's much more expensive. So most companies don't do that. Uh, for us, it's worth it because we know if we know there's something better we can do, we're going to try to make it happen. Wow. Okay. So methylfolate, that's the key. And I've heard this before from doctors about the... Um, MTHR. Yeah, yeah. And uh -huh. okay. So my other question, so I'm curious because it has a positive and you could say negative connotation. Why the name Smarty Pants? <laughs> oh, and you can imagine how controversial. Once we started going into adult, you can imagine all the people who told me we had to change the name, right? We can't call it Smarty Pants if it's an adult product. Uh, our other co-founder, Brett Costin, uh, is the one who actually came up with the name. And, you know, there was just, a, to us, it really was positive. I mean, it was kind of tongue-in-cheek, and and it's also memorable. And, um, you know, when you're a smarty pants, you kind of, you're a little precocious. And we were certainly a little precocious, thinking we could come in out of nowhere, having no right. experience in consumer packaged goods, coming out of tech that this is something that we could do. But we also, and you mentioned this, we have a scientific advisory board that is made up, uh, they're not just doctors and scientists. I mean, they're some of the leading doctors and scientists in the country in preventative health, antioxidant research, um, a lot of different fields. And we took that very seriously. We know we are not scientists, we are not researchers, um, but we wanna be led by the best science. And so we went out and actively recruited uh, the folks that we know were thought of as really the leading thinkers in the area of preventative health. And they guide all of the choices that we make in terms of uh, creating new products. And that's that's really important to us. So, but anyway, this, but the name is, you know, look, the one thing around health is there is so much guilt, particularly when you're talking about parents. I will tell you, you spend about 80% of your time feeling like a failure. You know what I mean? Like I just could have done more. I didn't do enough. You know, oh my God. Wait, when they, you're raising a kid, you're saying? Yeah. You're like, oh, they ate tater tots. I should have made them broccoli. You know what I mean? It's just like, and it's <laughs> yeah. every day, three meals a day. <laughs> so it is, uh, there's a lot of guilt. And then you add on to that the layer of the internet, which is, as I call it, a guilt generating machine because every single day there's a list 20 things you can do to make your kids, 20 things you could do to be better, you know, be more amazing, look better. You know, it's just all you, all day, all the content publishers publish these lists of things you could do to be more amazing. And it just generates a lot of guilt. And so for health, for us, it's kind of like, it doesn't have to all be bad. Let's bring back some of the joy, the fun. You know, we have something that tastes really good and it's guilt-free because we're not using any of the artificial flavors or colors or preservatives or any of that junk. In fact, it's really good for you. And so for us, the, the name is part of the the kind of the joy, the levity, the charm that we want to be a part of health because it shouldn't all be about what you're failing to do and the billion things you have to do better. Common sense is going to get you about 80% of the way there. Yeah. If you just drink a lot of water, eat as many fruits and veggies as you can, address the gaps in your diet, whether that's through vitamins or whatever other solution you want, you're, you're going to walk, move around every day. You're going to take care of about 80% of the problem. The other 20%, it's great to optimize, but you can make yourself crazy trying to follow the advice of the 70,000 people posting online every day. And so for us, the name Smarty Pants is just like, come on, guys. 
doesn't have to all be horrible. And what's I, I love the fact that we've paired it with science that's actually better than than what you see in a lot of products. So we have the actual premium science, but but we don't take ourselves too seriously. We take the science seriously. I love that. Yeah. And so again, a couple of couple of comments. Uh, great answer. So one, it's I talk to people about my business. It's like I take it seriously. It doesn't mean I have to be serious, right? And like, right, pretend, exactly. but it's like, but yeah, I take it seriously because you have to, right? This is a uh, very different. And so. And I love the 80%. And we talked about this, how we mostly suck at most things. So for instance, going to the gym, if you're like into weightlifting or, or yoga or whatever, you can always, you can read those lists. Like I should be doing more. I should be taking the supplement. Right. I should be, I should go to India. I can't stand uh, on my head. Yeah. I yeah. But India. just doing things 80% right. and doing that well, right? Um, right. that, that's a, that's a victory. Right. And, and, and you're right. The internet, uh, which is why it's so great to disconnect from the internet. Um, it can tend to make us humans feel like we need to be doing more and more and more and more. Right. But, um, and it makes me think about, so Michael Pollan, he's the interesting thing about his books is it's, um, I think it was Omniwars Lemma was the first one, but they've gotten yep. shorter and shorter. And then yeah. his last book was like, it's like 20 pages, the rules of food. And, right. and so the, the one sentence though, he says, uh, Eat food, not too much, mostly plants. Yeah. Right. And, and right. again, it's it's but that's it's like a great um it's a great heuristic to to it follow. Is. And I love how Smarty Pants is doing that. And I also think there's a lot of okay, there's a lot of words or names or brand names where oh Smarty Pants, it's like the kid in school who was like always raising their hand, They're like oh Matt didn't do his homework or whatever. But but like Smarty Pants, especially if you're raising kids, you want your kid to be intelligent. It's like if your kid's intelligent but maybe a little bit of a show off, that that can be corrected, right? And it and of course it will be corrected as life is really tough and they and they get in the real world anyway. So it's a it's a cool name. So Courtney, I want to ask you now. So you have some some large channels, Amazon and. Uh, online, the website and retail, what, um, what is the largest, um, part of your sales right now? Well, I think one of the, one of the things that's very fortunate is that we actually have a highly diversified revenue. So we're sold in Kroger, Safeway, all the major grocery, all whole foods, sprouts, a lot of the smaller natural food kind of boutique places where they don't typically carry gummies, but because of the, the ingredient profile, carry our product as well as target Walmart, Costco. I would say from a kind of a penetration standpoint, Walgreens, we're now in most places. And so our revenue is pretty well diversified across those channels. Now, Amazon was a big part of it in the beginning, and we've just slowly been stepping down, not the growth at Amazon, it's growing. We've been doubling on Amazon every year, but certainly as a percentage of total revenue, it's shrinking. And that's a good thing. You don't ever want to be single customer revenue is not, is a very scary way to live, right? And, um, it is, sometimes it's the only choice you have, but you just have to know that your fate is now resting in the hands of one organization and it doesn't give you much leverage and it makes it very hard for other people to invest in your company because they also worry that if that one customer goes away, you're out of business. So it's something we think very hard about, um, when we're adding retailers that have a big opening order, that's going to skew the revenue. We make sure that we've got a lot of leverage. So an example would be if you launch somewhere like Costco, where the volume is really high, you're only doing that though with a single skew. So we want to make sure that, that we, our new products going into other retailers are getting just as much love because that will keep the revenue balanced as a percentage, meaning that one retailer is not going to have a disproportionate um, hold on our revenue stream. And that's really important, obviously, for, for a lot of reasons. So we're pretty well distributed at this point. Love it. Yeah. And because there's, you know, the classic story, again, this is more an anecdote, but there's a lot of stories about the company that they just have Walmart buying an, an extreme volume and and they go yep. out of business because they keep cutting the margin. So that's that's cool. So that, that's, right. that's a great way to protect uh, the, the health of the, the financial health of the company and uh, plus get great exposure. I mean, you just named everyone there. Um, and okay. And, and one other question I, I forgot to ask at the beginning, but so, you know, you met up with, um, uh, a business partner who, or old friend, right. With old friend. And he had a couple ideas for you, but what were some of the ideas that, um, may have been great ideas, but you decided not to do in favor of smarty pants. Well, there was really one other one that we were obsessed with, um, gosh, I'm hesitant to share it. It's really good. Okay. If someone goes out there and does this, okay. Trademark, trademark Courtney. It's, um, but we had a, we had an idea, uh, <laughs> around it's also around kids brain health and it had to do with, uh, kind of a feedback loop using virtual online pets, uh, for things that you would do in your real life 
Um, so meaning you would do an activity in the real world that we knew would be good for your health. By reporting that activity, your online pet gets stronger, gets more food. I don't know how much you've worked with these. Have you seen these, um, a lot of the apps and, you know, things like Webkins, which is from a long time ago, but it's kids really love having those virtual pets and tying that into a feedback loop that has to do with their own well-being. It's kind of like teaching kids, creating an incentive for kids to teach themselves how to care for themselves. So the more they take care of themselves, the healthier their online pet became. And it created this really cool loop uh, of behavior. And it was something we were really interested in. And we got pretty far down the road, but it just wasn't, you know, you always try to do, or at least I do, focus on something you know is solving a real problem. And we know that kids' well-being is obviously a problem, but the vitamin, the, the vitamin issue was so clear and so acute. And, and I certainly learned in our research also the benefit that um, – vitamins in populations where they don't have access to resources is so impactful that if we launched a company around vitamins and we put a matching grant in place, we could have such a significant impact on a lot of lives that to me, that was hard to walk away from. And that was sort of the deciding factor. It's just, we could impact our customers. Plus we could impact all these other people. If we could come up with something that would make uh, vitamins a healthier option for people than what they were considered now or a more sustainable option, that seemed like just it was a higher leverage impact. Startups are so hard and they're hard no matter what you're working on. So let's at least make sure it's having the most positive impact possible. Love it. And yeah, so startups are really hard. And Courtney, I guess I want to. I want to transition because I believe from speaking with you and and there's some great articles and listeners, this episode can be found at foodstartupspodcast.com slash smartypants. And um, you'll find uh, the Super Agers New York Times link that Courtney mentioned, as well as some other articles and and stuff there. And just saying smarty pants one more time, Courtney, I can't remember before Morgan put me in touch with you, just the word smarty pants. It like brings you back to like second <laughs> and third grades. Like, so it's, it's cool. It's like a word that everyone knows. That's yeah. probably, I mean, most adults probably aren't going around saying smarty pants. Maybe, maybe they are, but I think a lot of us, it's like a word that we all know, but we haven't used in a long time. So that's also kind of powerful. Yeah. Uh, linguistically. Yeah. No, it is. And people remember it. I'm telling you, I, I, it has been interesting to watch the unaided awareness, which is a marketing metric that you measure. There's aided awareness and unaided awareness. You go out and you say, okay, uh, tell me a vitamin you love. And if someone says smarty pants, that's unaided awareness. If you say, have you heard of smarty pants? That's aided awareness, right? And so we've been, it's very, been very interesting to watch over the last five years, how that awareness has, has changed. And now I'll say, someone will say smarty pants and I'll see someone go, Oh, wait a minute. I think I give that. And I get, and they're not saying vitamin. They're just saying the word smarty pants and people already know it. So I know it was the right move because it it does really register. Like you said, people know the word, but, but no one's really shaped what that word means to us now. And that is a really cool opportunity because you can create a different connotation for a word simply by building a brand around it. And obviously we've seen that many times, whether it's a nonsensical word like Google, you know, or something else. So, uh, I, it matters. The name you pick matters. And when it's counterintuitive, sometimes it can be very powerful. Totally. Yeah. I love it. And, uh, with, uh, especially we live in, in the United States, at least a very like overly PC world. But when you think about it, it's like, who, like what type of person would really be offended by the word smarty pants? You know, it's, I mean, it's not right. right? Like, yeah, you gotta like, it's, it's cute. Yeah. It's cute. It's silly. It's, you know, it's smarty pants, whatever. We got an owl and, you know, for our logo. I mean, it's just, I think it is very much, even the way we write it. So in other words, the font of the name, um, it's all kind of tied into this, you know, we take the science very seriously, but not ourselves and we're in it together. And that's part of our eye line. We're not talking down to people. We don't run ads that are like, we know as a mom, it's hard. You know, that voice that just makes. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not like that. You probably get home and you put TV dinners in the microwave and then little Tommy comes with the homework. And the last thing you're thinking about is nutrition. Well, we're just like, Uh, our eyeline is we're like you. We are you. We live these lives that are really busy, that have a lot of demands. And we're all just trying to do the right thing. And sometimes it doesn't have to be that hard. And here's something that we, we have worked on very hard to make life a little bit easier for you and, and bring something that's kind of delightful, frankly, that tastes good and is fun to eat, but also is really good for you and can do some really important things uh, for your long-term health. Wow. Well, Courtney, one theme that I, I want to make sure we touch here is 
your leadership style, how it, uh, and this is a quote from, can't, I'll, I'll find it, but one of the major publications, you said, I used to lead from fear. And you hired a coach and that helped you change your leadership style. And I'm guessing that's definitely a, a huge part in your success today. So can you tell us about hiring the coach and, and how you changed your mindset over time? Sure. Well, I'll tell you, we were really spoiled because I told you we had two co-founders, one of whom was the um, doctor who helped us come up with the original formula. The other one is one of the top coaches in Los Angeles, and his name is Brett Costin. So we got very lucky that our co-founder is a coach, and he knew going in, he said, listen, it's hard to start a company. It's hard to be married. It's really hard to start a company with the person that you're married to that you've, that you've only recently fallen in love with, right? Fallen in love and gotten married. So he knew we had the deck stacked against us and we were integrating little kids. So all of that, that's throwing the kitchen sink at the odds there for uh, a successful outcome across the board. And so we knew we needed help and uh, we were very fortunate to be able to work with Breck. And so we did, we met with him once or twice a week uh, for the first year, you know, almost every week, maybe twice a month. And, um, hold on, let me yeah. interrupt for one second. Courtney, was this, um, was this like marriage and business coaching at the same time? Kind of. I mean, he's a life coach. He's, he's a wow. very well known life coach. Right. So it's not like, it, I'll tell you, and this is another thing I've learned this whole like work life, it's all life. There's no such thing as like, I never understood that work life balance. It's just life. You're in life and sometimes you're running in a field and sometimes you're having a conversation in an office and sometimes you're talking to your husband and sometimes you're talking to an employee. I mean, it's all life. So to me, it's kind of like you're either being a successful human being or you're not. And, and you're the same person when you go home. You may try to be a different person, but trust me, whatever holds you back in your personal life is going to show up at work. And so to me, it's more about how can I be the best person I can be and that's going to benefit me in every area of my life. And it is... One of the coolest things about the way we started the company, because of our work with Breck, we sort of made this collective commitment to each other. We said, you know what? We want Smarty Pants to be a place of transformation. We want people to come here and work here and, and feel like when they left, they left with more tools to be more effective in their lives and have a more satisfying life than they did when they got here. Because, you know, no outcome is ever certain. You never know what's going to happen. You don't. No matter how successful you are, no matter how much revenue, how big you are, things can always happen. But you know what? You can't ever take away the contribution you've made to help someone become a more effective human being. And so let's say it all disappeared tomorrow. I know there are 45 people out there who, who go forward with their life with more tools than they came in with. And that is a very real contribution that I can feel good about. So to us, transformation was a very important, and it's actually one of the three core values of the company. And when people come in to interview, we talk about transformation because to us, it is a fundamental commitment we all make to get better. And that also infuses our product. We always want our product to get better. We want our relationships to get better. We want to be more effective in every part of our life. And so having the coach as part of our company, as one of the founding members of our company, makes perfect sense given who we are today. And, and that transformation is really a core part of the company and how we talk internally. You know, department heads sit with their teams at the beginning of every year and say, okay, I want everyone's going to go around and talk about something they want to work on. Maybe it's you, you tend to have a victim mindset or you see the downside of things or what is something that holds you back? And then the group makes a commitment to each other to try to help each other work on those things as the year goes by. And we've had people that we would have promoted who were very good technically at their job, but were clearly resistant to um, some parts of themselves or, you know, wouldn't work on their attitude was a problem. And we sat them down and said, you would be promoted, but for this. But if you can transform this, you're going to go very far. And I've watched it happen. I've got a top person in my company now. that, wow. And that is extraordinary. You know, it is, a, it is an honor to watch people wrestle with their demons work on what holds them back and to watch them change those things is incredibly inspiring. And that's something that Gordon and I, Gordon and I have to do that too. And so for me, the big transformation came around that fear that you talked about before, which wasn't, I don't know that it was so much fear. It's now I realize it's something more like hypervigilance. Right. Right. So I have, I took one of those eye tracking tests. I don't know if you've ever taken one of those. They're really amazing. No. They put a bunch of objects on a screen and it's about tracking, you know, you sort of identify how many objects were there, what color were they, where were they on the screen? And they 
add objects over time. So it gets more and more complex. So I took that test and they came away and said the two best jobs for you would be a jet fighter pilot or a hockey goalie. <laughs> <laughs> and what that means is nothing gets by me. Like I am hyper vigilant, like you read about. Now, that can be a very great thing when you're building a business because you always know what's going on in every part of the business and you make sure that stuff is working well. But it can be a real impediment as well because you're inserting yourself where you shouldn't or you're micromanaging. You know, there's downsides to that too. And so for me, the biggest transformation was recognizing that that was a trait that I walked around in the world with, which was hypervigilance, knowing that it held me back and knowing that I had to transform it if we were going to grow to be $100 million in revenue in a short period of time, because you simply can't scale. It's, too, it's exhausting to scale with hypervigilance, right? You just are tired. You're burnt, you're burnt out. So that for me is the, really the biggest transformation that I... Uh, now, I, I would not say I'm not hypervigilant anymore because I think it's impossible to eliminate parts of yourself. But what you can do is decide to create ways of working successfully with them. So I say, okay, I'm hypervigilant. I'm going to allow myself to be hypervigilant about five things and everything else I'm going to delegate. And I have the right to change those five things at any time, but I'm not allowed to be hypervigilant about more than five things. And everyone knows what those five things are around me. So people know that I'm going to be really involved in these five things. And then I delegate everything else. And it allows me to use my hypervigilance for good while eliminating the impact that it would typically have had on the organization. That's amazing. So, because it's like if you're going to be hypervigilant about 150 things, then there's micromanaging. There's going to be uh, uh, less comfort among the employees. But it's like, all right, if you get A, B, C, D, and E, these five things taken care of, Courtney's going to be cool and she's going to – so I love that. I love how a lot of traits well, are like – more like – What's that? Well, it's, it's, I was just going to say, it's about focusing those five things on the high return items. Right. So in other words, where, where does hypervigilance serve the whole organization sure. very, very, very well? Focus it on those things. But that's, you know, when people say, what's your number one piece of advice? It's know yourself. That is my number one piece of advice for entrepreneurs. Because if you, you, that is where you can take your company down. If you are oblivious to the things that, that are your, you know, Achilles heel or your negative traits or whatever you want to call them. It's okay to exist because everybody has them, but you've got to have self-awareness because you have a role as the leader that, that everything else keys off of. So if you're walking around with your head in the sand, you're done, right? So that's, I think knowing yourself really is the most important thing you can bring. I love it because it's, okay, uh, our human traits, our human characteristics, just like any of them, a lot of things are good to a certain level. So, exactly. so, um, they're appropriate for certain situations. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like, I mean, maybe in a survival standpoint, exactly. the hypervigilance on everything, you got to have it. Or, or maybe That's not. Right. Maybe you have to focus on water and, and we talked, uh, and hand sanitizer as we, or, uh, right. sanitation as yeah, we yeah. talked about earlier. And so and it's true. And there's these, uh, self awareness is so important. And, and uh, you don't want to be surprised. We're like, hey, did you know that everyone in the office thinks you're freaking <laughs> yeah, crazy, exactly. like, you're, like you're a nut job? Yeah, you're like, exactly. oh, I didn't know. I had no idea. Uh, wow. Yeah, well, I say in every single person I interview, <laughs> I tell them I'm a very intense person. I am very passionate. Um, that is who I am. And it's important for you to know that because this organization reflects that. It, it is a very fun but a very intense place to work. And you don't want to come here if that's not you. It doesn't mean it's better or worse. But you got to make sure that's the right kind of environment for you. And I couldn't do that if I if I wasn't self aware. That's amazing. And Courtney, you mentioned so. When do you expect? I realize it's it's more process based than than results based. Um, but when do you expect to cross the hundred million dollar uh, revenue line? <laughs> oh, not a question I can really answer. But um, but I can tell you uh, that I think we're not very far off. I'll say, you know, in the next few years, I think that's eminently possible. And, um, but really it's not about a number. It really is. What is the smartest way to grow? I've never understood this fascination with so-and-so raised X million dollars. And isn't that amazing? I've raised a lot of money. That does not make me successful. That just means I've raised a lot of money. That could mean you're also incredibly inefficient. It could mean that you're really bad at your job. And you don't know how to spend money well. So it's funny because we've gotten this, along with the startup culture, there's been this whole fascination with the amount of money that people raise. It should be the amount of money people have made. The amount of, meaning totally. the company has made. And the return is provided to its investors. The return is provided to its employees. Like that's the real metric of success. So, so that to me is the thing I really focus on even more than the revenue number. It's how can we be efficient? How can we be profitable? How can we do the most with the least um, because raising money is a fact of life, particularly if you make a real thing in the real world. 
Uh, it's difficult to do that at scale and high growth without raising money, but it's not necessarily a marker of success. I love it. Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest. So, Courtney, I, I consciously am aware of that. I, I'm still, you know, I still, it, there's still some inside me that, oh, yeah, like a $100 million a year company. Understand that's not the most important thing. I think a, a great question, and I, I, someone else, I can't remember who wrote this, but a great question to ask, right? It's not um, how big, how big is how big is your company, but how healthy is your company? Right? Yeah, like, exactly. Because there's there's companies that have high revenue, but they're like, they're they're stressed and not feeling good. They're not they're not financially or, or physically healthy, and that's not really where you want to be. Or they don't have a path forward. You know, yeah. it's like you don't see the clear path to being sustainable. All of those things, and also that you're contributing to the world around you, and you're com- contributing to your community, and you're contributing to your employees' lives, and you know all those things. So from that, we have a very healthy company. I'm, I do. I love Smarty Pants a lot, and I. I have been involved in other startups, but this one for sure is the one I am most emotionally connected to. And it's very cool to me that when people walk in here from the outside, I mean, every single time people comment on the way it feels when they walk in here. And that to me is really cool. And it's not ping pong tables. Like we don't have, it's not about um, people playing Frisbee on the lawn. It's really a bunch of people who really care, who know how to laugh. But 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 have very high standards for uh, how they spend their time. Wow! So I love it. Now I can say in the intro, this is one of the healthiest companies I've ever had on the podcast. So <laughs> congratulations, Courtney. I want to I want to finish with two things. So one of the themes here is you know knowing yourself, you know, recognizing, transforming your own character traits and, and self awareness. I um I think it's cool that how holistic your company is and and that it's so hard to start a business. So it's, it's about personal growth and, and company growth and serving a greater cause. So the, the success of the business, you find your, your own personal success, like intertwined with it, which I think is great, right? It's, it's such a win-win. Yep. And one thing that we didn't have a chance to mention so far is there is for every purchase of Smarty Pants Vitamins, there is a one-for-one nutrient grant to a child in need via the Vitamin Angels Foundation. So just tell us a little bit about uh, what exactly the nutrient grant to a child in need is. So uh, when we started the company, we knew we wanted to create some sort of uh, matching impact. And what we learned is that in places where they do not have access to resources, and that is a lot of places, Sub-Saharan Africa, uh, in India, in uh, a lot of places in South America, Peru in particular, up in the Andes, where they've got an extremely limited diet, that one of the one of the most effective interventions in saving lives, particularly infant mortality, is the use of vitamin A and prenatal vitamins. That, that those interventions are really now considered one of the most effective interventions in global childhood mortality. And that was really interesting to us. But that, but some of those things, primarily vitamin A, is something in the United States we do not need a lot of. In fact, it is probably one of the areas where you really want to be careful in taking a vitamin, making sure they do not provide 100% vitamin A because it's readily available in the American diet. And because it is fat soluble, meaning you don't flush any excess out of your body, you can get too much of it. So our product does not have 100% vitamin A, but in some of these communities, they really need 10,000 times the daily RDI of vitamin A. And so what we were looking for is a partner who was focused in providing the solutions that are appropriate, that we could help finance through the purchase of our bottle. So we're not giving someone in need a bottle of Smarty Pants because that's not the best solution for their health. We're giving them high-dose vitamin A or prenatal vitamins, depending on who the um, who the audience is. And, you know, when we started the company, we had this idea. It was like more health for more people every day means everybody. And all we're doing is using different tactics for different groups of people based on their resources. Because someone who lives at 14,000 feet in Peru is just as deserving of as good health as I am living in Venice Beach. But I might have to use different tactics to address the specifics of that person. And so for some people, it's going to be buying Smarty Pants, and that's going to be the best solution. But for other people, it's going to be high-dose vitamin A. And so we found that Vitamin Angels was the leading nonprofit organization in this space, the most well-respected, started by an incredible guy named Howard Schiffer. And we I marched into his office in 2009. Uh, he thought I was totally crazy. I walked in there. And I said, hi, you don't know me. My name is Courtney Nichols, but we're starting this vitamin business and we're going to change the vitamin industry and we're going to make 10 million matching grants in five years. And he was like, 
Okay. Wait, Courtney, did you call ahead of time or did you just show up there? Um, I I don't know if I called, did I call him? I think I called him and it, they were like, who, what? And I just said, great, I'll be there tomorrow or something. And I drove up to Santa Barbara and I did just march into his office. And he, and at the time they were actually a smaller organization than they are now. They've grown exponentially. I think they serviced 40 million children last year um, wow. with supplemental vitamin A uh, and had done 10, 10 million the year before. So they're growing very quickly just as we are. So anyway... I met with them and it was so clear the impact we could have. And it was just so moving to me. So we could provide a year's worth of vitamin A or prenatals to children in need through a matching nutrient grant. So when we sell a month's supply, we give a year's supply to a child in need. And we just, I think we're at 3 million children so far, which is just mind boggling. Every interview for new hires, people mention the fact that that work, the work that we do, really matters to them because it's not something we we really talk a lot about. You know, it's not the headline. I want someone to buy Smarty Pants because they think it's the best solution for them, but it is an added benefit that they know that when they buy a bottle of Smarty Pants for them, they're actually helping someone else. And uh, it's something we're all really proud of. And we send employees into the field. I've been to Peru, we've been to Haiti, we've been to India, we've been to Africa to see the impact. It is incredible how impactful uh, this stuff is to people who do not have access to a good diet. It is, uh, it's really powerful and it, and it is, it's, it's an anchor for us through all the ups and downs of the entrepreneurial life. It keeps us centered and focused on what's important. I love it. And Courtney, it's just to bring this back. So, uh, Courtney is in Venice beach right now. And one of my, and it's actually process-based, not even results-based. One of the, in terms of my own entrepreneurial growth, I was in Venice beach. Uh, one of my good friends lives there and I, I was selling, um, organic dried golden berries, which we still sell. And one of the top companies is based in Culver City. And I didn't know that. So I'm looking online. I was like, I mean, I have a, I have a lot of stress, a lot of things to sell. And I, I, Culver City, I didn't even know where Culver City was. I was like, oh, wow, it's right next to Venice Beach. And I walked into their office. I built a great relationship with them. The sale was never made for a number of reasons, but I mean, a fantastic company. But I remember going into their office and like, who's this guy? Um, but um <laughs> I, I, yeah, it's, it's a great, uh, it's great for growth. Uh, just that uncomfortable feeling, at least for me, like walking into a place and, and you're not established. Oh, like, totally. This guy? But, uh, but that's awesome. Yeah, uh, exactly. Courtney, I had so much fun talking to you. Um, I, uh, yeah, what a uh, great company you have oh, and, thanks, uh, you delivered a ton, a ton of insight to our listeners. So thanks so much for coming on to the show. Of course. I really appreciate the opportunity and happy new year. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening. And as always, if you have any questions or comments, find us online at foodstartupspodcast.com.